Alright, another week, another podcast. You're now listening to Chunky Glasses, the podcast, in fact. Uh, I am Kevin. I'm going to make this intro real short. Uh, two things. Full disclosure, uh, if you have been to the basement or you know me at all, a uh, huge, lifelong Wilco fan. There was almost no chance I was going to be talking about the album we talk about uh, today, except... Um, Showed up on my doorstep and I popped it in because they were nice enough to send it. And uh, holy fuck, I liked it. Uh, it is shocking. So to cut to the chase and what I think about this record, uh, which you're going to hear play out over the next 50 minutes or so, uh, if you are a fan of Wilco and maybe lost faith in, in Jeff Tweedy's ability as a songwriter, uh, I would say uh, he's back. But that is just my opinion. And uh, we've got Paul and Adam on here. Uh, lots of other people. Uh, speaking of opinions, uh, we tried something this time. Uh, people couldn't make it. Uh, but if you're listening to this and you live in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, chances are you're on, on my Facebook or whatnot, or at least on the site's Facebook. We're going to start putting out uh, some open calls uh, for people to come on the podcast. So if you've ever wanted to uh, really talk about music, if you do in your spare time and are like, shit, I really want to talk about music on a mic, have it be recorded for all time. Uh, for everybody to hear for eternity uh, we're going to make that available to you so um, I'll be sending out some emails maybe some tweets uh, try to get some of the um, local musicians in here I, I feel like well, we sometimes we've been accused of uh, of or not accused just like mentioned in, like it's casual criticism uh, that that's accurate uh, I mean we, we certainly uh, have written a shit ton of reviews and uh you know a critical skewers are sharp uh and uh while i may be a little more curmudgeonly than the rest of them uh this podcast though is about just talking about music i feel uh that if um this is how people really actually talk about music um you can get uppity about it and discuss all these Tiny minutia, or even just not, and discuss the hype. Uh, but however you do it, you know it's more than uh, I think what you see in, in a typical like press release, uh, typical like pitchfork review, uh, which is a lot of times self-aggrandizing to the author and whatnot. Um, so that's what this is, and that's why we do this because uh, I personally like, and I think everybody involved enjoys. Yep, coming over, uh, eating some fine fucking snacks and drinking some beer and talking about music. Um, so if that sounds like your jam and you are listening to this, uh, then please reach out. Uh, you can email me directly. It's Kevin at ChunkyGlasses.com or you can uh, info at ChunkyGlasses.com. There's lots of ways to reach us. Or if you have my number, just call me. Um, it's generally Sundays. So uh, if you're available then and uh, hopefully uh, next few months will be fun if we get this rolling. Uh, so now without further ado, though, I'm going to take you off to episode 81 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, wherein we take on uh, the new album from Jeff Tweedy and Son and uh, revisit you two a little bit and their new format. So uh, here we go. Episode number 81, Chunky Glasses, the podcast. It happens here and it finishes here. Two men enter. One man. Really, two word reviews. Just a shit sandwich. Oh, the only record I've ever seen. That right there is a lot of a thousand. 
Because, like, you know about it. What, that he sucks? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Kelsey versus War on Drugs. No, I Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah that, I did hear about that. I right, did hear so, about that. So uh, we're back in the basement. Uh, this is, I'm not even sure what episode this is going to be. The usual crew, Adam, hello. Hey, man. Paul, hello. Hello. Uh, I invited some people out here, just to general Facebook, though, my friends, said there will be snacks. Mm-hmm. Were there snacks? There were fucking snacks. There, there were snacks. snacks. Chorizo quality snacks. Eastern Market chorizo. chorizo sausage, man. So all you listeners who might have come on, you know who you are. There were snacks. Exactly. Uh, in the meantime, we have some beer, thanks to Paul. And uh, was it three stars? Three stars. Yes. Excellent. The same sponge. Um, this week, we're going to, surprisingly, because I never intended to talk about this album, or honestly, really listen to it, uh, Jeff Tweedy has a new project that goes by the name Tweedy. It's him and his son. Uh, from the Creatively outside, named. Uh, yeah. And from the outset of that, and given Wilco's last two albums, which I consider abysmal, um, there was never any reason to think that th- there were no expectations for this. It was just like, oh, this is just some vanity project. Uh, guy's going to put it out. But uh, at least I think that like sometimes that works out, and it's a little surprising. We'll see what if that surprised you guys. Uh, but first, I want to talk a little bit about band feuds. Um, there's been some famous ones over the years. Uh, and I'm not talking like interband feuds. Everybody knows that, you know, mm-hmm. Keith and uh, Mick. Mm-hmm. Let's see who else? We got uh, Roger Daltrey and uh, Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend. Pete Townsend. Um, there's been over the years. Uh, let's see, was it Metallica versus Dave Mustaine? Uh, Wayne Coyne just a couple years ago. Uh, basically, uh, what did he say? He said basically just said. Arcade Fire were shitty people. Uh, yeah. If he had just said shitty music, I'd be on board with him. I think he probably meant Arcade's fi- Arcade Fire's management. Like, and that happens all the time. Oh, you, you run into I mean, the no, dude. It's it's nine times out of the bands for the most part are kind of clueless, mm-hmm. and the bigger bands are sort of segregated into dressing rooms and limos. Yeah, but it's their management. Like you remember the Larry Sanders show? Yeah, yeah. it's basically a bunch of arties yeah, out yeah, there, yeah. and um, like the main the main guys are profound assholes most of the time. All right, um, you know, so I can see like like Arcade Fire's management. Just what was Being yeah, just shitty to people. Okay, you know, and just like like nope, no sound check for you. Arcade fire. This is our tour. I think you that's know, actually what it was. That's that so. happens all the time. That is the oh my god, the number well, of the number of tours I've done when, when like I've been we've been support mm-hmm. and just no sound check. And everyone's a dick about it. Right. And then you'll hear stories of like the bands later on being like horrified that that's what happened. Like, oh my god, really? It's a business, you know? Yeah. Uh, which brings us to this week. Uh, two. Aren't you, aren't you guys forgetting like the biggest one? Uh, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait. No, I have a list in front of me. What the fuck are you talking about? Here? Yeah. Uh, you can you can look at any gossip site and get really? the details. Do you right know there. the gist of it? I think the gist has to do with John Mayer. But oh my, yeah! Did John Mayer bang both of them? Oh my, yes! <laughs> All right, <laughs> I think yeah. I think they've both penned songs about that experience as yeah. well. So uh-huh. wow, so there's John, a whole there's a whole lot of side eye right now. I, I've been I've been meaning to do a John Mayer podcast. <laughs> what? No, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> no, I mean the guy's simultaneously one of the worst songwriters and one of the best celebrities. I mean, there's a, there's a balance there. There's but Kevin, game. this what, what we're talking about yeah. here. We're talking, we're talking about, about we're talking about two. Uh, the one that 
We'll talk about the one that cracks me up the most uh, uh, first. Mark Kozilek, after uh, his uh, Sun Kill Moon, after being a hopscotch, not two weeks before, I think, and calling the crowd, attacking the crowd, calling them a bunch of hillbillies, yeah, nice. and saying he would walk and tell them to shut the fuck up. Now, at the uh, Ottawa Folk Festival, I believe it was, uh, was playing, and we're on drugs, we're on a stage sort of opposite him. You know, there's schedules. I mean, there's overlapping stuff. Uh, and he says... Uh, you can hear it, and he stops and says, "Who the fuck is that?" And then, after he was told that it was the War on Drugs, Kozlak said, "I hate that beer commercial lead guitar shit." The next song is called "The War on Drugs Can Suck My Fucking Dick." Uh, now, <laughs> that's fucking awesome. I mean, it's hilarious. It is, but you know, but he, he like he's at a thing where these are arguably his peers. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess what I'm sort of wondering is like. This guy is—is is this purely just like trying to draw press to him? Because I mean, we were saying before his new album sucks. His last two albums have sucked. Like they're not good, regardless of whoever, what spin or whatever. That's the number one album. Oh, of the geez, yeah. this uh, the la- last yeah. album I think is on pitch in the top ten for Pitchfork's t- best of the quote unquote decade yeah, that they did that. a few it weeks was, ago. It's, it's boring music made by an angry man. Yeah, yeah but I mean, it's very consistent. <laughs> Which should be would be a great album. Name. I think it's very consistent with his current <laughs> sound that he would make up a song on the spot called "War on Drugs Can Suck My Dick" because it's basically just like bitter man looks mm-hmm. out the window and sings about what he sees right now on his <laughs> album. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate you, Cal. Yeah, well. But- <laughs> Ben's my friend, but I'm bitter about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like what he's doing is. I mean, f- first off, it's it's not his. I mean, I, I can't. How is this? Did, was he upset that the war on drugs sound was bleeding over onto his? Yeah, sure. If he has a problem with that, don't play a fucking festival. <laughs> exactly. You know, if you need to, if he's it's one of those guys that has to have everyone reverently staring at him and just hymnal like and like just completely quiet like yeah. plays, he shouldn't be playing fucking festivals. Yeah, or, be, or live. Yeah. He really shouldn't. Like, because you walk into a club, and we've talked about this a little before, but you walk into a club, and there's people that aren't there to see the show. Yeah. I mean, that's just reality. And so, uh, but they paid you. Yeah. So they can do whatever they want. They can sit in the back and play in their own band, really, if they want. Uh, I mean, people have different thoughts on that, but that's where I'm going to stand. Um, The other feud, actually, this week was inexplicably also an artist whose last two albums have been uh, grossly overhyped. Jack White, coming out of Fenway... Uh, decided to just start talking shit about the Foo Fighters, what? and talk, talking shit about Rolling Stone, a magazine which I would add basically made Jack White. Yeah, they're the only people that are are really like on his jock, as it were. Right. Still, uh, because that's the type of sort of I just you know what he's I, making. I always I always have like a lot of kind of contempt for people who have reached un unbelievable heights you know and just and they've 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 made it nothing bad is ever going to happen to them no matter what happens and they still find the need to like punch down and talk shit about other bands or punch across or punch up it's just like what's the point this this these like the kind of thing that the guy war on drugs can suck my dick and all that that sort of stuff happens all the time backstage. I've never been on a tour. I've never been on a show anywhere where one band wasn't like, oh, these guys suck. This yeah. is my balls. This is terrible. Yeah. Fuck them. You know, and part of that is because you might believe so. And the other half is there's this always this sense of like, 
that they're they're just there are only so many tits on the pig, and like like if if, if everyone likes him, then that means they're not liking me. <laughs> and oh God! And we're because because musicians are pretty fucking paranoid. Do, do we have a title for the podcast? I, I wish we were titling them like that. <laughs> there's only so many tits on the pig. Yeah, but but uh, I I just can't stand it when like Billy Corgan does the same thing. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm you know. It's he, like he's famous. For well, it's like we get it. You know, you're you're the guy, Billy. We get it. Everybody loves you. Why are you continuing to talk no, shit about people? Everybody does not love well, Billy. You know no. what I mean. With, though, man, right? <laughs> with actually, with this one, the Jack White one, it's funny. Their uh, PR company, uh, who I deal with a lot, like right. actually sent out a press release, and it was the weirdest. I I'll, might post a link to it, but it's up like on the internet. Uh, it was the weirdest, most like like. We have the internet. Right. There's audio of this thing. We heard it, and this press release was basically saying, "Just don't look over there. It's right. okay. They've made up and shit." But you know, more importantly, too, is like, like we were saying last week. You know, why are you going to pick on the Foo Fighters? Yeah, I am. Ne- I am not. I mean, I, I I will give the new album a chance, but ninety nine percent chance says I don't think it's great. Yeah, but. I- I like what they're doing. Yeah, I just I don't know. But Jack White's just a professional troll. When he yeah. was in Rolling Stone earlier this year, he was ripping on people right and left too. Like yeah. that's what he does right now. That's how he keeps his press cycle alive. He is turned into like the crotchety rock hermit, like hiding in Detroit, and then he occasionally busts out to put out a mediocre album and blast people. Yeah, British bands do that a lot too. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you can, if you look at any, it reminds me a lot of, of young, old, old like school really like young bands who have like one EP out. They'll be yeah. like, yeah, right, like all the other bands are shite. We're the best, right? Yeah, yeah. read it, read it. And actually, the Oasis <laughs> Blur one is another one of the famous. Yeah, things. yeah. Uh, reading a book called uh, Mad World, and it's a, it's sort of an oral history uh, of of the British invasion of the eighties. Mm. So like bands like. Duran Duran, Adam and then, and every single one of them is all about like them saying stuff, and actually the British British press twisting their words to do exactly that oh, to right, create okay. this thing that in back then at least sold like massive amounts of records because there was some controversy. So you had to like pick a side and then you go with it. And maybe that's what he's trying to. Maybe this is all just this is just it's all clickbait, right? Is can we recognize this for what it is? It's like pay attention to us, buy our shit. People who've never heard of, of this guy who bagged on the war on drugs are all over going to say, oh, well, uh, well, then I guess I'll have to listen to him yeah. and see what he's about. You know, we all know what this is. But it's it's just it, it, there are two ways it's going to go down for this guy. Either people are going to think, hey, that's awesome that he talks shit about people mm-hmm. or else people are going to be like, yeah, he's an asshole. Somehow, like some guys can pull it off, mm-hmm. pull that crap talking kind of a vibe off yeah. uh, to their advantage. And some people just absolutely cannot. So yeah. we'll see what happens. He falls with them. in the ladder. Um, but, we, we used to have. Uh, I think uh, unless you had anything else to say no, about no, no. that, uh, we used to have for a while running a uh, segment called Prince is a Dick. <laughs> um, but now I think we can have uh, a new segment called You Two is a Dick or Dicks or whatever. Right. Um, we talked about it last week. Their album, they weren't done. Uh, so this is a, this is a, a rollout of a press cycle of different things. So now. The new story is that not only are they are they working on, on another album, you're going to see an acoustic album of all the songs off the new one drop into your iTunes later this year. Oh, thanks, guys! And then you're going to see they give it away for album, free. Songs of experience. Oh god! <laughs> no. Oh god! <laughs> But, so, because, look, people honestly want this shit. But oh, my gosh. Here's here's the kicker. Uh, with all of that, they've also said uh, that they are working uh, with the good folks of Apple to create a 
brand new format that will save the record industry. Oh. A format rich with multimedia, you know, pictures, photos, and make you want to. Oh, I didn't buy realize they were software again. engineers. Now, yeah, I want to buy music again. Um, it's so hard to find pictures of bands I like. Yeah. <laughs> so, in this, uh, them saying they're doing this, I think the the resounding. I know the resounding response in this room is <laughs> "fuck you," right. but like, why in 2014 do we still have artists who think? Or anybody who thinks that there is going to be another format besides MP3 that is going to win in the next probably twenty or thirty years. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's I don't know. I don't understand like what else you can do with it. It's already just kind of little. Well, bits hold on. You just said twenty or thirty years. I guarantee that inside of twenty years, what, something new will come up. No, it'll, something new will come up. Like no format stays stable had, for that we've long. We've had multiple formats for like twenty years. Right. Is, and, 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 and MP3s are, are reaching their thing. So there's, there's also... From a technological perspective, no format for anything stays dominant for that long. You're, you're professing that you think that there's going to be an ascendancy period for MP3 of at least 40 to 50 years. I mean, I don't see anything coming down the pipe to replace it simply because... Now, if you're talking about a complete technology shift and like how computers work and how we interface with that, which, okay, maybe... But without that, there's no reason to. Right now, we have uh, we have MP3, we have Wave, which is actually what is on a CD. That one out over MP3. MP3 could have easily been mm-hmm. the format that was on the CD. You have FLAC, which is in fact lossless, which was uh, what Neil Young was talking about. He wants a lossless format called Pono. Well, we already got it. You, know, you just basically hook up yeah. a little codec, People. enable your player, your phone, whatever, to play it. You've got AUG, you've got Ape, you've got all these different formats that are out there and very able to be adopted by people and nobody has. Right. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I'm just, I'm, I'm objecting to your time horizon because okay. trying to project uh, technology to be stable for tw- another 20 years is, yeah. seems like a fool's errand right now. If I say I've created a time machine, Paul, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Talking from the future. Mm. Uh, all right, we'll, we'll go on uh, now then, you know, that's happening. So we'll, if, I'm interested to see what the format is going to be. I can suggest a name for it, the extension on a file, .crp. You figure that out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I get it. Oh. Oh. Uh, all right, so uh, now we're going to hear from uh, the first single from Jeff Tweedy and his son's band, Tweedy's album. Uh, this is uh, I'll Sing It from Studio.
is uh, I'll Sing It. It's actually featuring the uh, ladies from... Uh, you guys know the band Lucius? Uh, they're pretty good. Uh, they're, uh, I guess, friends of Spencer Tweedy, who's uh, Jeff Tweedy's son. Invited oh, so they're like 12? No, he's 18. <laughs> See, okay, now and now this is this is getting into why there's a lot of like maybe going into this. I know I thought the album was unnecessary. Last time I checked, and it's not something I check up on, Spencer Tweedy was 12. And all of a sudden, here he is. He's 18 years old. He's been training with uh, Glenn Clo- Kochi, the, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the Wilco drummer, uh, considered to be actually sort of a drum prodigy. Uh. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, but, okay. And, you know, and then his dad says, hey, let's, let's make an album. Uh, clocking in at over an hour. This is, a, this is a double album, although I don't know. Yeah, double isn't right, the right word. Most songs fall into what, like two thirty three minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so to be sure, there is a lot of filler on this. But I think at the end of the day, some of the songs on here are, are easily some of the best songs that Tweedy has written in a long time. They are good songs. Um, so that's partially how I'm feeling about the album. I want to get because Paul like. Last week, I sort of baited you saying it's the best Wilco album since Summer Teeth, uh, which we can get into that. And I think we are going to talk a lot about Wilco. But uh, earlier, uh, or last night, you said you weren't feeling this. It's the best Wilco album since Wilco the album. Oh. Oh. <laughs> God. It's, I, look, it's, it's not bad. I'm not, I'm not going to hate on it, but it's sonic wallpaper for me. It, it, seems, Damn. it seems really self-indulgent. Um Running through it, there's nothing that really sticks out to me. Every so often, um, you know, I'll be, it'll, it'll be running along, and I'll, my ears will perk up and be like, "Oh, this is interesting," and then it'll just like drop back into the background again. Like, there's nothing here that seems new, and it doesn't. And I can't discern what the message of this unwieldy double album is. Mm-hmm. It just and jeez, I, I I read that he had something like ninety songs yeah. and pared it down to the twenty or so odd songs that they've got. On, I think it is twenty. I think it's ten and ten on the sides. But uh, it just that's that to me says I was in a studio with my son, mm-hmm. fucking around, and then we took what we thought were the twenty best tracks. And people will buy them now. Apparently, this album might as well be called yeah. "Take Your Son to Work Day." Yeah, I, there you go. That's yeah. okay. uh, but I, I can't, I can't fault the musicianship on it. Obviously, Tweedy knows what he's doing. He knows how to put yeah. together a composition. Uh, the the kid can play, but I don't know that there's any purpose to this other than I wanted to make an album with my son, which is right. laudable, and he can do it because he's right. got the power for it. It's just not something I necessarily want to listen to. Right now, I, I think so. I'm coming at it from a slate. There, there's definitely that to it. That's that's what would have kept me away. So you're on the other side of the wall that I have actually jumped now. Um, I, I think it's relevant where people, how they're going to perceive this album, where they came to Wilco as, uh, at what point in Wilco's career. You came to him at Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Yeah. And I don't think this is, even though there is a lot of, uh, like, a Ghost is Born styled guitar playing, uh, on this, I don't think this is necessarily for that crowd. I was, you know, I was with Wilco as soon as they formed. You know, the, the Uncle Tupelo spill out from that and all that stuff. What used to happen between albums is that, and this was when the internet was just you know popping, and like Napster, and this is where you found all this stuff. All these studio takes, outtakes would start surfacing and stuff, and you could put together a little album, and they were generally 
some of them were the stuff that ended up in the album. This happened for Yankee Hotel Foxtrot as well. Uh, but they're generally quieter numbers, more succinct, not as blown out. Because if anything, Wilco, what they became was you have these songs written by a, a lot of the times, great songwriter. And then they put a bunch of like polish on it and, and extraneous stuff. Um, and these were very stripped down. And I enjoyed those, in some cases, much better than the songs that ended up on the album. Mm-hmm. The ones from Summer Teeth, in particular, were like just fantastic. And they were like this. They were. Uh, he's, he's been in a band um, with like Gary Loris from Jayhawks, Golden Small. Um, and a lot of this feels like that. And part of my problem with Wilco in the past two albums is they've been emphasizing that Wilco like layer mm-hmm. and de-emphasizing the good songs because there aren't good songs on the new Wilco albums. Well, okay, I, I can see what you're saying right here. It's per, it's 100% valid, but I think there's a difference between self-curating mm-hmm. outtakes into, you know, 45 minutes of material that you'd like to listen to yeah. and releasing a series of outtakes and calling it an album. Like I think an album has to be somehow cohesive mm-hmm. to and especially with he's been giving interviews about the viability of the album and mm-hmm. the need for the album like he's a big proponent of the album yeah. and I don't I haven't seen him talk about what he meant to do with this album other than play with his son well and I haven't heard in listening to the album any kind of cohesive narrative or sonic flow mm-hmm. that makes me think that he had anything more in mind than just throwing together tracks. Yeah. And that's and and that's the problem. Like if it, if if you're if you're self-curating it and you're doing it yourself, then you're then it's like, okay, this is some music I want to listen to. If you're releasing an album mm-hmm. and you're a person who wants to be thought of as an album creator, then release an album. Okay. So Adam, let's go let's go with some what you cuz right, I kind of approached this from the drum angle. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I, I've, I've, I like Wilco. I like Tweety. I don't worship Wilco, sure. and I don't worship Tweety. And in that sense, I feel like there's a lot of kind of blindness, mm-hmm. willful blindness With when it band. comes to, they, they to when it yeah, comes, yeah. but particularly when it comes to Tweety. Like a lot of critics, um, they treat that guy like you know the way that the the monkeys treated the monolith at the end of two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're just like, ah, 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 you know. Yeah. And, and I'm pretty. That was the beginning of two thousand one. Oh, that yeah. was at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but you know what I mean. You know the scene I'm talking about. Um, sorry, that was a little pedantic. Yeah. That's one of my favorite movies. So. <laughs> but uh, and and I think there's there's some willful. Bl- First off, I think there's a little bit of willful blindness going on when it comes to his son. Particularly, okay, anyone who thinks that kid is a prodigy of any kind has, doesn't, isn't a drummer, like doesn't know how to play the drums. Right. Because he's, he sounds to me like uh, he's an 18-year-old kid playing the drums. Right, right. Um, and I'll give you an example of this sort of willful blindness. Yeah. Like, okay, so here's, the, here's, an, here's a review in the Chicago Tribune, yeah, the yeah. hometown. And it gets specifically to, uh, let's see... The one I was looking for was the one thing, sorry, World Away, right. By World Away, it becomes apparent that Spencer Tweedy is not merely an add-on riding dad's coattails, but a crucial element in the sound. His subtle use of the kick drum, first off, there's nothing fucking subtle about that kick drum at all. He sounds like an 18-year-old, and I've taught kids like this. They just discovered Bonham. 
and they think it's the amazing thing and they do that little double on the kick drum and that's like the most amazing thing in the world and it's crowded and mm-hmm. it's busy and it sounds like he's fighting off a swarm of bees back there yeah you know um and that's fine he's 18 but in no sense of the word is this kid like a prodigy right you know um and again, here's this guy just sort of kissing his ass. Like well, it is a Chicago t- tribute. I mean, yeah, I know. Like they're, they're, I mean, they're going. That, that's going to be the review. The sense of is swing. It, is, there, is it written by uh, Greg Cott? Uh, yeah, yeah. So the, he said, the, he's, he's written two books on Wilco. Oh my god! <laughs> so I mean, that, yeah. I mean, and, and Greg is an amazing. Like they invite music him critic. over to this. They, they invite him to the lake house in the summer. Yeah, no, and shit a, like that. absolutely. Like, yeah. That's what happens. So. Um, but no, no, no. The sense of swing. Quote the sense of swing, subtlety, and musicality. No subtlety here. Barely any swing, right? You know, in in the traditional sense. I don't know. Maybe it's some other sense of swing that he's talking about. And I hate shitting on the kid because yeah. he's eighteen, and it's like obviously a high pressure kind of thing to just get thrown in there with your old man. Yeah. But let's stop pretending that this kid's an amazing drummer because, like, in some of these songs, uh, he's incredibly over. It sounds like he's fucking trying out for Primus on right. some of these songs. Actually, one of the songs you know? I wanted to play. Well, it sounds like that. Yeah. But, like, so let's let's do this and. Uh, I'm gonna go get another round of beers. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll get, uh, this is uh, Diamond Light Part 1. Right.
Uh, repeat what you just said. Okay. Right. If I walk, if I walked into like, let's say Wilco was having a tryout, and they said, "Hey, man, there's this, there's this guy, Adam Dawson. Yeah, bring him in." And I went in and I, I tried out for the band, and I played the way that kid is playing. I wouldn't get the gig. You know, I wouldn't. Except for the fact that uh, Glenn taught him. See, that to me sounds very much like. Uh, I actually like that song. I like the drumming on it. I see, I see where you're coming from with it. Right. But that sounds exactly. To me, like they just maybe filled him in. Like I don't know that it's Spencer Tweedy or Glenn on the drums at that point. Yeah, um, that one sounded very much like a Wilco song. Yeah, like an old, like an older Wilco. Another song. well, another interesting thing I noticed though about through I listened to the whole album like eight times, mm-hmm. and I was I was again and again I I'm I hope it doesn't sound like I'm just shitting on this kid, but. Um, the one thing interesting was I think I, I had like I actually took out a piece of paper and I like did little check marks the number of times I heard a crash cymbal and I think there were only like four right the entire time no crash cymbals whatsoever right and that's weird that's like a strange restraint to put on yourself you know I don't know if he did it on purpose or if it's just what it, what they had lying around but well, I mean that can work like uh, like you never hear any crash cymbals on I don't know like Al Green. Like Al Green yeah. never Al Green thought crash symbols were bullshit, you know. But I think, uh, I think it gets into like why um, Tweedy the seniors uh, songwriting works a lot of the times is what he is. That forty fifty percent of the stuff is actually like really solid, mm-hmm. like narrative writing, right? Um, but he has a knack for being able to wrap that in a um, sort of oral. A U R A L, right? Uh, oral like scape that pulls stuff out of that, so that it's okay that maybe the narrative isn't hitting on all. And a lot of bands do this and fail, right? But it's one of his particular talents that makes Wilco work. I think. Um, I mean, like last week, you said you felt like it was it, Wilco was sort of an experiment a lot of times, and that's a lot of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so maybe that's just why it's not there. Right. You know, it's like pulling that out. It's like, you know, it's in there, and then they're like, you know, this is no good, so let's just take it out. Uh, let's try it. I don't know. Um, you know, that song is one of the ones that sounds like Booker. There's a lot of stuff on this album, though, uh, that... A fan, Paul, are you a fan of being there? Yeah, I think it's a good album. So, the, I think there's a lot of... So actually, let's hear another song real quick. The, the Wait for Love, okay. I think, is somewhere between being there and um, Summer Teeth. And it's actually one of my favorite on the album, so... Let's uh, wait for that. Sounds a lot. This sounds. It sounds better because he's like, you know, relaxed a little bit and playing to the song. But he still seems a little uptight and still a little like, you know, 
like shaken a little bit and and you're talking about Spencer tweet. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I, I I feel like such a dick. Well, I mean, what, 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 <laughs> I feel what, like what, such what, a dick. What Jeff Tweedy has said is, said about this album actually mm. is that uh, it is an album basically about them dealing with uh, there was a cancer scare with his wife. Well, now I really feel like a dick. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> no, but then this song specifically is about that. There's a lot of songs in there. Um, so they had this downtime. Um, to where they just had to deal with that. He's also said, and I, and I do believe this is true, that uh, you know there is a genetic bond you have with siblings, whether or not they make good music. That, that that's not that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. But there is, is is a genetic thing that like you're going to understand, you know, somebody genetically related to you on a deeper level than you might uh, people who aren't in a band. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that song is very, uh, you know, I, again, his, Spencer Tweedy's drumming is interchangeable. And for me, that's not like the story of the album. Great. He's in the band. Mm -hmm. For me, what the story of the album is, is that here we have a guy who's been like doing overblown, overwrought, overthought stuff. Um, And honestly, a lot of that is because, and, and I would never say this and be like, you know, get back on the drugs, but let's be clear. When he got sober, the art suffered. Hmm. And then when faced with a a crisis, like to put in crisis mode, be put in crisis mode, this this material pops up and is, for me at least, better. Uh, Feels more like what drew me to his songwriting and his band in the first place. Right. Um, And like Paul... But but again, what material, I say? Like, it's... You say that this was uh, this was made to cope with the cancer scare, yeah, yeah, which you know that's a great coping mechanism if you can do that with with your kid right, right. there. But it sounds like they were just recording and recording and recording. Yeah, if they've but, got ninety tracks well, out there. Well, no, I think this. I think uh, nobody dies anymore. Which, if we have time, we might play. I think there's if you run down the thing, uh, there there's a run of like some not so stuff that is filler, but I think there is a lot of really great like. Little songs. There's no. There's. This is certainly no grand statement. I don't feel as strongly uh, about as you do about albums that it has to be like saying something. This is a collection of songs. Period. I mean that. Which you know, you you differ on your variation of the album, but it's a collection of songs that are, I think are very like the very loosely tied together. But independently, I can go and pick one out, and I'm like, "That's really nice." Okay, but that's fine, and that's and that's why it's not, to my mind, bad. Because mm-hmm. you're right; you could throw these into a mix. You know, you could if this if pieces of this came up in uh, you know your audio Kevin station or whatever, they would probably fit in just fine. Yeah. But trying to listen through to twenty songs right now, no, I agree, it's too it's, long. I agree, it's, it's too, too much. Long. Like if maybe if they'd if they'd cut it back to ten and really tried to mm-hmm. put together like these, this is what really, or even twelve, and be like, this is really what we're trying to say. Like the, yeah. this is the story of the creation of the album. This is what we're saying about what's going going on in our lives right now. Then it would be more powerful, but it wanders. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't hold the attention. I don't think. Adam, are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Uh, it's 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 fine. There were there are a few songs on there that I, uh, you know, for instance, I liked uh, "Fake Fur Coat," uh-huh. "Hazel," uh, "Summer Moon." Uh, you know, again, I found myself sort of uh, drifting towards the songs that um, were 
a little lighter, a little slower, yeah. and when the kid was relaxed and um, it, but again, even when he was relaxed, he still wasn't all that right awesome. Um, but again, he's eighteen. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? Maybe in, in a few years, and if he keeps studying with Glenn, he'll be absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, there was also this weird tendency. He drifted into three four time a lot, mm-hmm. like ding that. And that is is getting into Wilco as an experiment territory because, I mean, look, if you're 18, like, I mean, like, you, and again, I don't think, like, that's the story of this album, but but you can certainly address it and say, if you're 18, like, you, you just inherently think you have to add more shit. Yeah. I was talking with somebody actually earlier this week about, like, when you, when you write a solid song, there's some people that are really good at writing songs mm. and the people that are great at writing songs know when it's it's just done right and the people that are good but not great can get to a point and then not be confident with what they got right and then and they got to like, put oh, every, shit, then they gotta, put everything in the, on the pizza yeah everything in the supermarket yeah. on the pizza and i think you know that happens on yeah. this a little bit yeah it'd be interesting to see whose influence that was i don't know man i, I it was i thought there were a few songs that I, I will pick and choose from. Uh-huh. I'll cherry pick a few uh, to hold on to. Um, uh, but again, I'm, I'm just I and and we can't necessarily say that the kid playing drums isn't necessarily the story because that is the story. That's what everyone's talking about. That's the big deal everyone's making. Yeah, but that's not it. like that's not what I want to talk about. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean it's, it's that's the that's the narrative that's being pushed. Oh, well, and that's actually you know? that's that's why I was, I and was, that's why I kind of, part of me thinks honestly that the, the I mean. Tweedy didn't really do any favors putting his kid on this record. Right, and that's why I was reticent to ever, like... (laughs) You know. So, it... For what... Because, like, we've covered them a bunch, but for whatever reason... And they're good PR people, basically. Sure. Like, we don't even use physical media, but this album just popped up in my mail. Yeah. Like, two weeks ago. So, I'm like, well... All right, then. They took the time to send it to me. I'm, like... But did it pop up in your iTunes? Because... So... At least they didn't do that. That's, like... Essentially, if Wilco takes the time to send me... A fucking disc. Mm. I'm gonna listen to it, and I did, and I had like the opposite reaction of what I like. I I went in full on like I'm gonna hate listening to this, and this is gonna be the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit! Daria made fun of me. She's like, ha ha, you like right? <laughs> like, and I'm like, but it 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 really struck. It took me back to that. I've said it now like, three times, so I'm just gonna stop saying it. But it took me back to the the part that I really loved about Wilco and really fell in love with the band was that very simple stuff. Uh, that they were able to turn out that, that resonated mm-hmm. at least with me, um, and you know, and that's the division between you know people who came on the Yankee Hotel Foxtrot and people who, who didn't. Not saying that, that that stuff doesn't resonate with you and stuff. It's just um, like I listen to AM. And I'm like, that's a fucking great album. Sure, absolutely. You know, somebody is. like you may listen to AM and be like, yeah, that's so much. I don't really listen to AM. Yeah, see. Or Pablo Honey. I mean, the radio. Oh, God, radio come is the same on. Thing. No, Pablo Honey's terrible. Pablo like, why are you even bringing that up? <laughs> um, um, let's play one more song because uh, I like this song. I'm just playing all the songs I like of this. Sure. Uh, and then, but I, I want to. I, I want to make it clear there are some. This uh, there's nothing embarrassing on this record. There's nah. nothing bad. They're they're all pretty good songs, but there are a lot of. It seems like there's just a lot of distractions in, yeah. in some of them. This yeah. one is is for me at least a good distraction. So this is uh, okay. nobody dies anymore. Sitting in a combed out room Watching the world to end 
No, I actually, um, I mentioned listening to Pink Floyd a lot. Early Floyd, uh, Piper of the Gates of Dawn, uh, Obscured by Clouds stuff. Mm -hmm. That stuff, honestly, like that song, he dropped Gilmore's voice in that. Oh, totally. Done. Yeah. And, like, that's always appealed to me. Um, And maybe, I've never thought about it in these terms, maybe that's the side of Wilco that has really hit me when you, because... The Floyd songs were were way out there, like psychedelic. Sure, but they were very simple and folky, mm-hmm. like a lot of them at their heart. And it was like, oh, okay, this is this is nice. Yeah, because that was going on. There's like uh, a like a Cornwall lumber camp, yeah, vibe yeah. in a lot of that early stuff, you know. <laughs> um, but so, what I, what I want to talk about besides uh, Pablo Honey being the superior Radiohead album, Paul. <laughs> We cannot talk about that because it's false. Okay, well, we'll save that for another podcast. Uh, so, I think where we... Let's just go ahead and say where we fall on this record. Uh, I'm going to buy it. Uh, I will stream it. Okay. I will stream it. I think this is pretty much the perfect definition of a streamer. Okay. Right here. Good. So, what do you think this record means in the context of Wilco's career now? Given that, like... Let me tell you my position. If if they've been turning out shit albums, which I think they have, mm-hmm. I think the last two, there's nothing good to be found on them. Uh, and then this dials it back to a, a a place where Jeff Tweedy, I think, was doing much better work. Like for me, it says, "Oh, there might be hope for this next Wilco album." Yeah, uh, I I. I I'm never going to count the guy out. Yeah. Again, I'm not a Tweety worshiper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but he's put out some great stuff before, and then he'll give you a couple records of kind of like, what in the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and and then he'll put out something great. I think this this one doesn't really mean anything uh, in the grand scheme of like Wilco's stuff. Um, 
Because, you don't think so? No. You don't think it's like a palate cleanser for Tweety? He's just like, I need to get this off my chest. No, no, this. no, not at all. I think these. I think, and you don't think, even though that is his, that is his rocket ship. You don't think that like he's like, I'm not in control anymore. And him being a control freak, he's like, I need to do this. No, I don't think that okay. means. I don't think that matters. I, I just don't see. I don't see any kind of uh, causation from this album to whatever the next thing Wilco puts out is because as much as uh, you've disliked the last two albums mm-hmm. a lot of people did like yes. them so Madeline. it's not like he's fighting a wave of like critical dissent and feeling like he's got to change directions mm-hmm. he could keep doing exactly what he's doing he'll sell out all his shows the critics will like it and if he likes it and the critics like it and most of his fans like it yeah there's not really a reason to change course. Yeah, there is, again, I hate that paradigm. If only he just listened to you, Kevin, then no, he would come no, up with no, different no. stuff. It does cause laziness. No, well, look, here's, you know? here's why. Here's also why, why we do the podcast because there's lots of us. There's lots of me out there that like think very seriously about this shit, and like there's lots of people who don't. And when bands appeal to that, of course they're not going to get any good feedback. I'm not saying my feedback is good or people but, like me. Or feedback but I guess what I'm saying is, what do you mean by good feedback? Like the critical mass if, has if, liked the last you, two albums. If you fart into a mic and everybody says this is art and this is the best thing ever, you're never going to change. Well, right. But you'll well, he's also not necessarily farting. Into no, a he's mic. not. But, but, but let's, just, let's just say yeah. if you were farting into a mic and selling out shows and everybody was saying it was great. Why would you change? Maybe you'd have a side project. But then again, this is what I'm talking about. This is the problem of kind of the critical Tweety blindness Uh that happens where it's like everyone's it's like, you know, everyone's afraid to say Jehovah's name, Mm -hmm. you know, to displease him or something. Mm -hmm. And every time he puts something out, everyone kind of worships it, whether it's good or not. And I just and there are a lot of bands like that. There are. There like are. Slater Kenny was like that. Everyone was expected you to worship Fuck Slater Kenny. Fuck you. <laughs> Slater Kenny never was, made a bad album. Except all of them. But they but never yeah. made a good one. No, they made a lot of good ones. Yeah. For God's sake. For God's sake. We, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You you suffer from blindness. Wait, I'm blindness? Yes. I listen no, to their albums all the time. I love I love them. It's a subjective thing. Right. Like, and, and like, and, you know, like, Slater Kenny is Darius Jam. It is not mine. Right. Although I do love the Woods. Uh, I don't. I it's can't. A good album. I, I can't give everything else the acclaim that other people like Paul does. Dig me out is no, amazing. That's okay, they're, they're, but like, Wilco yeah. is one of those bands. Wilco is one that, of those the, bands the, the, that the critics just automatically expect the world to drop and fucking genuflect which, over. Which is why the whole love got like rave reviews and people were like, "I mean, you didn't." Listen to the album, right? And I don't, I don't, I never really, I never really was crazy about Wilco. I thought mm-hmm. they were fine, you know. I thought they were pretty good, but it's like it, I, I always felt that it just all, all the rampant, like, oh, that's awesome, that's amazing, that's yeah. oh, that's so good. It all just kind of got a little out of hand, and, and uh, a lot of that came from, and not you, Paul, but a lot of that came from the people who did come out of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot because they they planted themselves firmly in a like a burgeoning indie rock scene right. before they were like an alt country scene right. Um, and Summer Teeth was was a step in that direction, but not not so much right. Uh, but with the story involved, uh, the movie, and then the the resultant music, um, then it, it it put them into a different demographic. Well, and, and I'll be honest, I think, you know, it. you look back on it now, and not that this needs to be the Wilco retrospective podcast. No, but, well, uh, it is, because we haven't talked about Wilco ever. It, think it, about it, so. It seems, which is weird, because we've been to so many Wilco shows. Together. I know, I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it's an outlier. Like you look at you look at Yankee Hotel Foxtrot and compare it to anything way. else that they're doing, and it's you know there are, there are parts of A Ghost Is Born, parts of Sky Blue Sky that come back to that mm-hmm. same kind of vibe, but as an album, that's different than the rest of their catalog right there. And so if if like me, that's your favorite one, then everything else is going to be a little bit of a drop off. But everything else is really Wilco. You know that's. Yeah. This That's is getting weird, weird when I start to agree with you. Yeah. Because I almost typed that in like a DJ the other oh, day. Oh, really? Like, the thing is, it's an outlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and it is an outlier. And it's good. It's the album I return to least often. Um, I loved it. I did love it when it came out. I, it, it, it didn't date for me. It, it, it lost relevance to, like the ba- to what the band is and to what, like, what I perceived than what I want out of this band. Yeah, no, I can hear. I, I hear you on that. It's a, it's a bit of a time capsule, and I mean, I just listened to it again the other night because I listened to this, and mm-hmm. then I was like, I would like to listen to some Jeff Tweedy that I like better, and I'm yeah. going to listen to Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, and I, you know, it's still a fantastic album. That's just one of those ones that's just scratched into my memory at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't see it as dated, though. I think it was uh, a little bit more relevant as all as pretty much any album is going to be at the time it was oh, released, yeah. but. Uh, it is an outlier, and I don't think you know. I don't think Wilco is going to make anything that sounds remotely close to that again. I hope they don't. <laughs> uh, well, that's about our podcast for this week. I, I would suggest uh, any of you listening, if uh, if you like this type of stuff, uh, seek out like his. They're everywhere on the internet. His solo shows, his uh, his work with Golden Smog, which I mentioned earlier, which is uh, basically Jeff Tweedy without the the. The wank, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's fucking badass. Uh, I think there's three albums of those, um, and then uh, oh god, what was the other? Fuck, there's one other band that he's been in that was a side project that it was was really good. So if, if this is what you're feeling, uh, and if not, and then I don't know. Uh, and if you're a super Wilco fan, then you're gonna listen to this twenty four seven. I also want to say that if if you're out there and you're feeling alone because you're forced to like. You feel forced to like Wilco <laughs> Come and, on the podcast. and Slater Kinney. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay to not let's. You're not. You're not crazy. Yeah. Everyone if you else don't like Slater Kinney, you suck. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So um, <laughs> we are going to. Uh, there will be a podcast out next week. We're going to take a week off because you, good sir, are getting married. So congratulations, Paul's getting married. So uh, there, we could tape one theoretically, Adam, but mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. Okay. I'm going to be a wreck on something. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but in his place, uh, sat down with Lauren Cav, who you might know, uh, and our friend Ben Tufts. Oh, right, uh, to right. talk about her new EP coming out. Uh, that was a great talk. That's going to be coming up on Tuesday, and her show will be October third at IOTA, which I might have to talk to you about, like crashing your place. Okay, that's fine. But, um, but yeah, so that's going to be next week, uh, and I think Lewis Weeks is coming up. Uh, we got that. Uh, got a couple other good ones, so it might be a couple weeks before you hear from like us as far as reviewing albums, but uh, we will be back. So, in the meantime, uh, what is it? You're on our lawn. It's not do with what you will because I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, we got it. Come on, get snappy. Uh, get Slater uh, Kenny the fuck off our lawn. Indeed. Let's go. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Talk to you next week.